Hi, this is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast, and I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood, and often we may not feel good enough. I'm here to help you face these challenges head on. I'm talking today about sleep, but in particular, melatonin, which is a naturally occurring hormone that our brains produce to help regulate sleep and wake cycles. So all of us have it. Our brains produce it. It basically just kind of helps our brain chill out so it can just drift off and fall asleep. And as you know, many parents will use it um, to help support their children's sleep habits because sleep is like more important to all of us and our health when we're raising, particularly raising young kids than anything else because we're so stinking exhausted as we get used to their sleep. And as kids go through typical and normal developmental shifts and changes and challenges with sleep. And, you know, I, I love to think of this at just at the kind of zoomed out level, which is really how Dr. Maida Chen, the director of Children's um, Sleep Center and a good friend and colleague of mine does. You know, she said, only a few long-term studies have ever looked at the prolonged use and associated effects of melatonin. But most sleep specialists consider melatonin safe and particularly it's safe in short-term use. And her big question, I think, at at the 10,000-foot level is really also, you know, the bigger question is why do parents feel the need to give their children melatonin? So first and foremost, if you're reaching for melatonin, know that um, you only want to be using it for the smallest dose possible for the shortest amount of time because you're putting something chemically into your into your child's body. But also, why are you using it? Are you using it because you're exhausted? You're using it because you're um, traveling? Are you using it because um, your child is waking up at night? Some of them may be the wrong reasons, and I'll review that a little bit today. So first and foremost, we know melatonin really can help children fall asleep with sleep dysfunction. And we can help improve that sleep dysfunction, and we can give kids back more adequate sleep, particularly if they have other serious health consequences, where melatonin isn't really initiating or helping them fall asleep as usual. Melatonin doesn't stop overnight awakening. So if you're reaching for melatonin because your kid is waking up at 2 or 3 in the morning and crawling into bed with you, it's not going to work. Melatonin really only helps support kind of this hypnotic effect at the time that your baby, child, or teen really is trying to drift off to sleep. Um, we, the other thing we really know about melatonin is, is and, and this is the cautionary part, is that it's not a regulated substance like a typical medicine. So unlike, um, you know, something like amoxicillin or an antibiotic or any prescribed med, melatonin is considered a supplement. It doesn't go through the Food Drug Administration. It doesn't go through FDA approval, which means it hasn't had the tonnage of research that really makes sure that we understand dosing recommendations and that we really understand both benefit and severe side effects or even light side effects. So when you use it, no, you're using it as a supplement. You're not using it in some ways as a medicine. Um, You know, it's just not regulated in that way. So a lot of the definitions, dosing information, and expertise you get is really based on me leveraging expertise from those who are in the sleep field and also kind of using my experience in clinical practice. So again, melatonin is to be used for kids who just will not drift off to sleep at night. Now, there are some kids that are at particular risk for having that challenge. And I think this is kind of part of the bigger 10,000-foot question. So if your child has an underlying diagnosis on the autism spectrum, they're more likely to have a challenge falling asleep at night. Not because of anything you do during the day, just because the way that their brain is wired. If your child carries a diagnosis of ADHD, not because of any medicine you use or any other intervention, their brain might be wired a little bit differently and harder for them to sleep. So the research around melatonin has focused primarily in those two groups. And the biggest and most robust study we have are in those two groups 
And melatonin can be really helpful. And since we know sleep helps moderate mood and we know sleep helps moderate attention, we really want to um, make sure that we're really optimizing sleep in those populations. For other kids, there's a little bit of study when you look at kids who otherwise don't carry those diagnoses. And, and ultimately, sleep experts do feel comfortable using it, and pediatricians generally do too, if you're using it appropriately for the shortest amount of time you can to help your kids fall asleep. So let's talk about um, melatonin, or not let, I mean, I'm going to talk about melatonin, the whole let's thing, you're not here talking to me. I'm sad that you're not, but the dosing recommendations. So first and foremost, this has come out of my um, leveraging experts, um, like sleep experts around the country, using data and research studies, and then my experience of being in clinic. No question. Every time you use a medicine, you want to use the lowest dose possible. And melatonin is a perfect example of that. This is not ever used in an emergency situation. We never have to start it or have to stop it in some way. So you can really ease into using it. So you can almost what's called titrate to effect, meaning that you can increase the dose gradually over days or weeks periods to determine when do you get to the dose where it really helps support the goal, helping your child fall off to sleep so that they can have the rest that they need. This comes, of course, in the context, and I'm going to end this podcast talking about it, but of changing all the other things about your child's sleep to optimize it. But when you're dosing melatonin, make sure that you look for the smallest dosing package. So it'll come as small as 0.5 milligrams or 1 milligram. You don't need to buy a 3 milligram tab and start there. Start with the low dose. doesn't matter how old your kid is. So this is not based on weight. So this is a, an unusual exception. So I would say I would not ever dose melatonin without talking with your pediatrician and, and kids under five. I just think we don't know a lot about that. In general, toddlerhood and preschool years are a time of dynamic change in the sleep. And it's likely that they don't need melatonin. They probably need a different intervention. But after age five, in a school-age child, if you want to experiment because your child's having a really hard time not falling asleep, if it takes them 30, 45, 60, or 90 minutes to fall asleep after you've gone to bed and lights are out and there's no screens around and no distractions, then it may be worth thinking about using melatonin. So start with 0.5 milligrams at night or one milligram and just try that for a few days. Look at the bedtime. Make sure you've had a consistent bedtime ahead of time. Make sure there's no light in the room. Make sure your ch children have sleep toys that they like and keep the ritual around sleep the same. And try that for three, four, five days half of a milligram, about 30 minutes before your child goes to sleep. So if bedtime's 8, lights are out at 8.15, that means quarter to 8, half an hour before the lights are really out and you expect that brain to just wash away into sleep, use that melatonin. And then after three or four days, if you don't feel like that's done anything or you can't notice anything, then bump it up maybe by a half or even a full milligram. So if you started at one milligram and you have one milligram tabs, then go up to two milligrams and do that again, three to five days. I know you want the sleep fix immediately, but you you really do want to figure out where's the dose that this really helps your children. Um, you know, some people will even suggest using this melatonin an hour or two before bedtime. But again, you can experiment with that a little bit, but I'd say somewhere between 30 and 60 minutes. And then gradually as you use it, if this does help with this um, kind of hypnotic effect, meaning just kind of let your kid just fall off and into sleep, then you can continue it for a number of weeks or even a number of months. But once you're getting a really good sleep cycle on board, let's say you determine, gosh, my child needs three milligrams of melatonin. Keep making sure you're keeping all your rituals in place. Make sure you don't have a TV, an iPad, a tablet, a screen, or a computer in their bedroom, and they're not looking at that for an hour or so before bed. 
Because melatonin, remember, is a natural hormone in the body that the brain's releasing. Little kids and school-age kids, that typically bumps about 8 o'clock at night. Kids over the age of 12, it bumps about 10 o'clock at night. So if you're trying to get your 13-year-old to go to bed at 8, you're just working against science there, right? So if you're, you know, if it's an 8-year-old and, and you're, you're really optimizing sleep and you start to use this melatonin and you're swimming along and bedtime's 8 and you're using melatonin about a half hour, an hour before and they're falling asleep, then gradually tone down the amount of melatonin you're using. You might be really getting back into a sleep pattern that's really successful and effective for your kids. So reminders here. Melatonin is a natural hormone. Spikes in kids around 8 o'clock at night school age and around 10 o'clock at night helps the brain just calm down and go to sleep. Things that get in the way of melatonin working, light of any kind tells the brain that it's not time to go to bed. So screens that emit this blue light or even natural light from the outdoors will gradually impair the melatonin from going up. So using or, um, light canceling blinds and getting rid of the screens an hour or two before bed is another great way to help support natural melatonin. If your child's having a really hard time falling asleep at night, if it takes 30, 60, or 90 minutes for them to go to sleep after they've been in bed and ritual is done, you can consider a melatonin trial starting at a half milligram a night or even a milligram at night. And you can go up, titrate that over every three to four or five days. And you can go up as high as three milligrams. And in some children in partnership with pediatricians, you can go as high as six milligrams every night. I say check in on how the melatonin is going and decrease the dose whenever you can, at least every month or so, so that you're not on it long term. There is data on kids, and most people feel comfortable using melatonin, but like any supplement of any kind, we can't guarantee the dose, and we can't always guarantee the safety when we don't have the FDA behind us. So getting off of it as early as you can in life is a great, great goal, even the minute that you start it. But sleep is exceedingly important in a child's wellness and health as it is in yours, too. Um, there are resources on the Seattle Mama Doc blog, and there's also resources online. But take your time with melatonin. Don't ever hesitate to reach out to your pediatrician and get their advice as well. And if you can't get your child off melatonin or you've had a really sudden change in your child's sleep, there really could be other things going on, things like depression where kids aren't sleeping well or can't fall asleep at night. Anxiety will cause kids not to fall asleep normally at night. And sometimes there are underlying health problems and what are called parasomnias in sleep. And you don't want to use melatonin as a Band-Aid to cover that up. So don't hesitate if you're having a hard time um, getting off melatonin after a month or two to make sure you check in with your pediatrician. Gosh, I hope this helps you. I really hope this helps you with your kids as well. Because the reality is parenting is a high stakes job, but the good news is you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at seattlemamadoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from.